Welcome to Talking Art Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Draw the Line. I, I have a Johnny Cash song in my head now. Oh, do you? What song is I that? I don't know. Something. I'm not a Johnny Cash. Walk uh, the line, you know, something like that. That's uh, it, You it, do have a lovely voice. Well, thank you very much. I, I used to sing as a kid, and then I uh, grew out of it. So um, Your dad's a very good singer. He is a very good singer, yes. Uh, and I, at one point, there was some hope that maybe the voice um, passed down. But uh, I think, you know, it's like anything else. you got to practice. And uh, I chose hockey over singing. So how did hockey work out? Hockey worked out okay for fun, not for a career. So uh, yeah, that's a whole different story. Mm. So uh, Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I'm quite frankly sick of shoveling snow. I am too. But it's I, flipping March. I do have a snowblower, and I don't know if I told this on my on the last uh, podcast. Probably, probably, but right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I have a snowblower. And it's a good, it's a battery operated one, but it's, it, this snow has been like cement. It's like heavy snow. And fortunately, I, I uh, have a lovely neighbor, Tony, who has a mega one and, uh, came out this weekend and, uh, the windrow was done. You know, that's the heavy one where the plows come by mm -hmm. and he had already come out and did it. I had to do the rest of my driveway, which was nice, but that, that, that big stuff was gone. But then my wife, Josette, she said she wanted to try the snowblower. So I don't know. We might have a little bit of competition of who gets to go up with the snow. Snowblower is pretty fun. And uh, she was out doing the snowblower, and I was taking pictures, sending it to the kids. And the the the, the, the draw the line, the snowblower uh, duel was uh, underway at the Smith household. There you go. We'll have to see how that works out. I don't know if there's going to be another snowfall this year. I mean, it's already late in the season for this part of Canada, but... I don't know, my friend. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a problem that the two of you are fighting over who has to shovel. I agree. I agree. And But it's funny, you know, as you said, we haven't had much snow, but it's been pretty heavy the last two weeks, like hit, bang, hit, bang, you know. And I think we've had four major snowfalls in like four weeks. And then like two days later, it all melts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody's tired though. Come on, spring. So anyways. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We both... Uh, played the role of managers quite often in our careers. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee, then move on to the manager, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage the situation. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we'll have a good discussion. I, I think so too. I'm already bubbling up some different ideas about this one. That's good because you read it like 27 seconds ago. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. Yeah. Can we right. talk about it? That's right. Yeah, sure. Yes. Oh, sure. Yes. Okay, folks. Like I am. Th this, is, this is classic. This I am good. usually a really good traveler and uh, I was out West in Western Canada and I was uh, at a two day meeting. Went very well, but it was draining. And I uh, got back to the airport, relaxed, had something to eat, got on the plane, um, decided I'm going to watch a movie, watch this great movie, and then thought I'm going to do some work, open my bag. My computer is not in my bag. Got back and I thought, oh, it's been stolen, or I left it at security, and I called them, and they said, no, it's not there. 
So I went and had to order a new computer, and then my lovely and much smarter wife said, you should call them one more time, and I called them back, and they said, oh, yeah, we have your computer here. So fantastic. But it's been a journey to try and get it back. I thought a friend was bringing it back, and then they... They, uh, our, our communication got, got confused and, but it is on its way. Thank you, FedEx, for, uh, delivering it. But it is so amazing how tied we are to our computers. Now, everything's in the cloud and I have an iPad and, you know, everything's connected to my Apple. So it's not, but it's just inconvenient and it just throws things off. It's just, it's just really quite strange. So I come into Greg's house because we've been recording in his basement and he's got a, uh, a MacBook in his hand, and then uh, on a couch, there's another couple bags with like three or four other MacBooks. I'm going like, I don't know how much of an inconvenience this is. This guy seems pretty wired and connected here. Yeah, they're not all working. They're all like from ten years ago. So I was trying to look at do I have an alternative backup plan, but mm. none of them work. So uh, fortunately, my wife is a tutor, and she's off this week for March break. So uh, she has graciously allowed me to use hers. There you go. So we're good to go. Yeah, we share snowblowers. We share computers. Uh- do you share a lot? We do, yes. Okay. <laughs> so draw the line. You're working with a group of people and one person continues to freelance it, doing whatever they want to do or what they find interesting, and the rest of the group has to pick up slack uh, in the rest of the work that the group does, and you experience all or some of the following. Your boss ignores the fact that the employee has not been doing their assigned work and that they are freelancing without telling anybody. Your boss is now recognizing the person for this freelance work. Your boss is now holding the person up as an example, making you wonder if anyone is going to get do their actual work. Raises and promotions seem to reward this type of behavior. There's an expectation that you will look after the day-to-day work dutifully. So, Greg, what do you think about this topic and how does it affect our workplace and the relationships in that workplace? Well, you know, as I was thinking about this, I have always been the kind of leader that give lots of space. I'm not a hands-on person. I kind of set the tone at the beginning, and then I trust folks to kind of go and do do the work. And so I could see actually myself falling into this category where without without bad intentions, I actually want to create a space for creativity and innovation and to move things forward. That's all good, though, but in the context of team you got to do your share and you got to do your part. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's, I often, um, talk about when we talk about, uh, talent reviews, I love the description of shooting stars and rock stars. And so often in organizations, we spend a lot of time on shooting stars. These are the promotable folks that are creative, that kind of do it. So probably this, uh, freelancer is probably one of those folks that it takes risk and, and, uh, is learning and moving forward. But the problem is that organizations are run on rock stars. And these are the folks that are just really good at what they do. Um, and they get things done. And if you lose those rocks, you're in big trouble. And what happens is you got to, you got to keep a balance of both and you got to find those shared, uh, responsibilities and accountabilities to each other. So this can result in you, um, disengaging those rock stars. Um, while you're promoting the shooting stars and saying, yeah, go do your cool stuff, man, and that type of thing. So it can be really mucky, actually. And and I can see myself falling into this. And it was only probably path, halfway through my career that I recognized that I I easily can get excited about people who are pushing out on things and doing things different and really creating new spaces because that's who I am. 
but it's important to know we're made up of all kinds of different people and you gotta have that balance. So in my experience, this kind of falls into two buckets. One are the people that you're talking about that are, you know, in the middle of something and, and hey, there's new, you know, hey, this is kind of interesting and, and kind of, you know, have that freedom and, and perhaps the 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 manager doesn't have a, a, a huge grasp on what everybody's doing at any one moment. And I, that does happen. And I've been that person and I've been the manager in that scenario. Uh, maybe it's unique to the enforcement area that I've worked most of my career, but quite often you'll have somebody and they find something that they really want to do and they get rewarded for it. They get recognized for it, but they don't spend as much time doing the whole basket of what they should be doing, resulting in other people on the team having to pick up the slack, do some of their work. And quite often, uh, it didn't happen, no, not quite often, but when it did happen, if they got a result, they were recognized for it and uh, uh, very strongly recognized for it. And so that sometimes leaves uh, a bad taste in the rest of the team. And it also, I don't think, is fair to that person because they're being recognized for a kind of a one-dimensional thing when uh, when you're in the enforcement world, it's the skill sets are massive that you need to learn, especially in the first three to five or six years. So I put it in those two baskets. And it's you said that comment about shooting stars. And there's a certain side of me that's seen uh, a bunch of people that are perceived as shooting stars just uh, burn out really quick. Mm. Uh, people very quickly label them as a shooting star and next thing you know, they're out of the company or they're a one-trick pony. Mm. So I agree with you that there's those two groups. I think we have to be very, very careful about who we label a shooting star because sometimes those people, they're at that moment, they just happen to have something or know something. But I've seen a lot of shooting stars just burn out. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, really the best leaders and managers I've worked for don't differentiate. They create a space for whoever's working for them to be the rest. I agree, and that's a that, but and that's related to who, uh, what they want to do. Because you know the 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 rock stars are often people that I don't want to do. I don't want to go up three levels. I just love what I do, and I'm passionate. So it doesn't mean they have any less passion than the quote shooting stars. They actually sometimes have more passion, but just for what they do. But it's just recognizing them for that with regards to, so I, I agree hundred percent. And sometimes, you know, we always have these buckets, you know, nine boxes or succession playing, which are all good, mm -hmm. but you have to hold them lightly. And key is to create the space for whatever box you fall into that you can be the best you can be in that box. And uh, boxes are normally really driven more with by skill, but also will where I'm, what I'm interested in doing. I agree with that. And it was probably two years ago, we had another episode, and I cannot remember what the episode was, where we talked a little bit about this, and I'd rather have a bunch of rock stars than a bunch of shooting stars, mm -hmm. to be quite honest with you, mm -hmm. uh, for all the reasons that you just talked about. Yeah, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, again, those folks that are you know, a little freelance and try things out of the box and kind of moving forward, they're great. Uh, they bring energy and innovation and creativity to new things. They kind of challenge the status quo. They're really great. But in order for them to be the fullest self and have most successful, they also have to work in community. 
So this is what we're going to talk about, what do leaders and managers need to do that can still create that space, but also make sure we recommend we recognize the accountability and the connectivity of a team and how important. Because longer term, being an innovator, being creative, being a little bit of freelancer, and also being a part of a team and getting to do what you need to do is 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 that's the success model. I agree one hundred percent. So some common sense things as a manager in this situation. Make sure you know what people are working on and what the expectations are and if people need to be supported in what they do. So if they're doing something and they've come up with some new way of doing something or there's a new issue that's popped up, you know about it and you support them and you know as the manager how that fits into what everybody's doing. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of the things that I do a lot about are creating even team charters. And part of a team charter is identify ways of working and what are our commitments to each other. So expectations can be individual expectations, but actually having taking a little bit of time up front and say what's our shared expectations with each other is super good because then then it's laid out up front. And often we don't do that, and therefore these are when things fall apart. And if someone sees an opportunity to work on something novel or they have a good idea to solve or change something, have a conversation about it and make sure if the idea takes off, everyone knows what it is and that it's sanctioned and it fits into the bigger goal. Yeah, that's a really good one because sometimes it's just the lack of communication. I, I have no idea that this is something and how it fits into the delivering the results of the company or even the results of our team. And, and great leaders connect you to that so that, you know what, I still might be a little annoyed that I got to pick up some extra slack, but if I know why we're doing it and how it fits into the success of the team and the organization, I can more understand it. It's when I don't have that data that, that I, I'm going to get more cranky. And make sure any special work or project gets passed around as much as possible, keeping in mind people's abilities and skills. If people see that it isn't Greg gets all the special projects. Mm-hmm. And this comes back again to that first point is know your people. And know what you want, know what they're good at, and and give them. And, and again, some some people don't want to take on a lot of extra stuff, but that doesn't mean you don't ask them every once in a while. And and you might say, you know, like I know Alistair, you are really good in this area, and this project really is going to require that. So I'd love you to take on the project, or at least be a mentor or a SME with regards to a subject matter expert for it as well. So sometimes, you know, always ask, um, because you never know when that person is ready. And, and, and knowing your people requires you to ongoing refresh your knowledge, because uh, right now, Alistair's personal life might not allow him to take on extra stuff. But a year down the line, things could change, and he might be ready to take on more things. And people running off doing whatever they want, need to be brought back into their job and their responsibilities. And it has to be seen to be done as well. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta do it quickly because I mean the the sooner you do it the better. I, you know this is often, um, especially if it's getting high profile uh, views. Sometimes it's easy that you might uh, uh, sl- be slow to react on these situations. And again, it's just having a conversation and providing context. You know, saying that I love the energy and the the initiative that you're taking with regard to it, and um, uh, we need to, we need to find a way of how you continue to support the stuff so that the other team, the rest of the team isn't burdened. So let's talk about how we do that. So you can say it in a really positive way, 
but call it out early because the longer it goes, the deeper the hole. But you have to say it. Yeah. And in certain workplaces, freelancing can be dangerous. I mean, I worked in the enforcement mm-hmm. universe and the team is very important. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a little bit of that team charter or what I usually call the tighten the loose. At the very beginning, if you are really clear as a leader, what are the things that are uh, out of bounds for doing anything freelance? There are certain things, regulatory stuff and that type of thing that, you know, you can't freelance. You can't go outside the boxes on these things because it, it creates risk to the organization or the team or whatever. So call those out front. But then give as much space as possible for people to explore and to do new things. And we need to create an environment where people can bring new and novel ideas forward. Everyone may have a different view or perspective, which can be invaluable in taking different looks at different issues and problems. Yeah, this is really good for, especially, you know, there's a lot of stuff these days around diversity, inclusion, um, equity, and belonging. And that inclusion piece is really the power of that is actually giving space for people to show up with their experience, their lens and, and going forward. But again, you got to lay out that's tight and the loose because um, if, if somebody moves into a place where they can't and they shouldn't be uh, freelancing or doing something different, that can get really tricky, but the more space you can give. And again, having this dialogue up front so that people know if you got an idea to make things better in a different way, come and see me and let's talk about it. And then then they, let's communicate to everybody else. And it's important that the team wins, right? Mm. That in every decision and conversation, it's about the the team moving forward and doing what it's, it's tasked with doing. Yeah, because everything is connected, right? Uh, I, we're just doing some work around organizational design. And uh, often uh, people focus so much on the, even within a team. So the, the vertical view within the team, but the reality is everything's connected. So it's not just your team, it's the other parts of the team too. Cause often you're, there's internal customers and you're serving somebody else. So if you're out doing something completely different and not doing the things that are going to supply somebody else on another team. So you got to look Big not, trouble. not Big only trouble. within your own team, but looking across, look at those laterals. Those are really important. And always keep communication with the individual and the team open and two-wayed. And with that last point, team to team as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist as well. If you see an opening to assist in what the group is doing, share the idea with your fellow workers and your boss. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't start working on it. Um, share it. Talk it out. Yeah, you know what? We talk in almost every podcast, the idea of early on conversations what better way to get your team members engaged? Because you know what? If it's a really cool idea and you ask for their input and ideas, people will volunteer to pick up some of the slack. If you need more time to focus on something, if you engage people early on and get them excited about it, then you you may be able to say, hey, for the next month, can you do this for me while I really accelerate this? Well, then people are bought in. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Get Get them involved. Your boss for sure, but also your fellow workers. And encourage each other in what you do. Like if somebody starts talking about something, then, hey, that's kind of an interesting idea or, or whatever it is. It's important that we encourage one another because if we can come up with something, some idea, some process, some new gadget to help us do things better, quicker, better quality, then we should be encouraging each other. Yeah. And, you know, what's really interesting is when, um, you know, there are those people that we know as the creatives. These are the people that are going to jump out and these are the these are the people that will take those leaps and will tend to freelance more. But sometimes um, engaging 
others in conversation. Some of those, some of those rock stars that are maybe quiet and deeply knowledgeable, having those conversations and saying, Hey, Alistair, I know you're really, you got a really deep background in this space. And I'm starting to think of different ways. Like, what do you think? What are the, if, if you had, you know, if you had a white space that you could just, you know, d- just begin drawing, what would you do differently? And it's amazing how you can uh, light that spark uh, within somebody who's got this huge knowledge base and they might not think of themselves as creative. They might not think of themselves as the one that's going to leap out and do something. But if you create the space and engage them in the conversation, um, and it's a little bit of that safe, brave space, allowing people to kind of step gingerly outside their scope, often it's those folks that have the brilliant breakthroughs. And our third point, I think, encapsulates what you just said. Talk it out. Someone else may have ideas or experience that help fashion the idea. And sometimes what the creative person needs is a cleanup person to come up behind them and say, well, this is because of that. This is the history. This is what we've done in the past. This is how this could possibly come together. And and what I like, uh, I've always worked in teams and in good partnerships or small teams. And there's always somebody out in front doing something. It's your case, your file, and your partner. It might be in cleanup mode. And cleanup could be, hang on, let's just put this thing in the right perspective. You know, I think you have the right idea, but I think we need to move a couple things around and add a few things. We all have a role to play in this, but you, you really need to talk it out. Yeah, I used to have a model that I brought into a couple organizations where it was just declaring up front what kind of dialogue it was. So, yeah, one was the discovery dialogue. And the discovery dialogue was I got an idea and I just want to pick the brains of everybody in the room. I might not use, use your ideas, but it will influence what we do. The other one was delivery dialogue and delivery is okay we've got it out of the plan but now what do we need to do to make this happen and there are different gifts that help out in the discovery dialogues and the delivery dialogues there are those people that you know that create great ideas but can't make it work and there are other people that are maybe less in the new thinking category but are super creative on getting stuff done and making it work so really tapping into your broader team and the gifts that they bring will really be helpful in that one we are part of a team and at times people need to work on special projects or special issues it's just the way we do business sometimes somebody has to get tagged with doing something whether they come up with it or they're asked to do it that's just part of being on a team 100 percent, and really it's just uh being clear and you know as the employee if you happen to be on that team and somebody asks a question be clear about it. I'm, you know, tell them and you can inform people if your boss even has an inform. Well, yeah, I can see that that's pretty frustrating. So let me tell you a little bit what I'm working on and why I'm working on it and what can I do and like have a discussion about it. Uh, sometimes we try to keep things to ourselves and, and, or feel, well, my boss is the one who's responsible for telling everybody. So I'm not going to say anything. Well, say something, talk about it, allow people to know because, uh, you know, we will jump to conclusions. And sometimes people do get it right or have a unique insight. It's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are those people that are just, it's their, it's their mojo. They, they, it's their time. It's, they can pull it out and they're in the right space. So how do you encourage and support them in that and, and going forward? Um, you know, I think this whole thing is uh, innovation, freelance, folks that have the spark to kind of do things. It's good. It's all good to create that space where people can think different, continuous improvement, 
going forward. Uh, but just really, it, it's all again about communication. It's all about um, having the balance between me and we together as a group. Um, I, I think it's just such an important conversation. And uh, just as, as a leader, um, we have a great opportunity as a good manager is to shepherd that process. And it's when that doesn't happen, when usually things get spinny and things get out of control. Is that your wrap-up? I think that might be my wrap-up. I, I went straight into wrap-up. You did. Do you, do you need more time? I don't, I don't think so. I think that's it. I agree with everything you, you say. I really liked your insight into rising stars and rock stars. Because sometimes the way we deal with rising stars isn't healthy for them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we recognize those people too early. And I think back, there was a person that was a rising star on a team I was on. And there seemed to be a lot of expectations around this people, this person. And I remember bumping into them 20 years later on vacation in the States. That's as far as they went mm -hmm. in the organization. This is a team thing. There are people that are going to rise and get promoted. And there's other people that are just really good at what they do. And mm -hmm. that's what they like to do. As a manager, the communications, making sure you know what people are working on, encouraging people, but making sure everything is within what the team needs to be done is really, really important. I also think we need to deal with people uh, straightforward and not put unrealistic expectations on them or give them unlimited access to do something that they might not be ready to do. Mm. And I've seen it a few times where people have burnt out really quickly and it's unfortunate. Um, most of the teams I've been on, the communication is great. Uh, there's times when people come up with a, a brilliant idea or a different thing that we need to do. Great. But there's always been really good communication. Dealing with people that are rising stars is something that needs to be handled very, very carefully. And it's those expectations that they might have and expectations that their bosses may have really needs to, to have a really good, healthy look. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that balance between me and we because rising stars get a lot of focus on me. Yes. And it's not bad. It's just you want to recognize and you want to keep them engaged and that type of thing. But in the reality, I've said this before and I've said it in my book, that everything happens in between. And if you don't figure out that in between early on in your career as you're rising, it will uh, it will hinder you significantly later on because in the end everything happens together and in between and so but it's okay to push out it's okay to try new things it's okay to be bold um, but you need to you need to keep in mind that we and keep that balance between the two because that's what creates more sustainable long term success and so I think you're right those rising stars sometimes we put so much fuel in their tanks that they uh, they blow up. Um, and that's not good. There's a benefit to the development process. Mm -hmm. And if people start skipping a whole bunch of steps because of a brief success mm -hmm. or, or energy, sometimes we do a disservice to people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've seen that too. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. This kind of went in a bunch of different directions, uh, a bunch of really good directions that I didn't really think about when, uh, I put pen to paper. Our conversations usually do. They do. They do. That's cool. Um, listen, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. Greg, your philosophy. 
Yeah, my philosophy is from early coaching that uh, my coach told me that our conversations uh, were going to result in me experiencing some joy and some crunchiness. So I may even get peeved off uh, and uh, that something has been said that has challenged me. Normally the peeved off is, is either it's convicted me of something uh, or, or I recognize there's a gap. And she said, you know, both are good. It's just deciding what you want to do with it. And if you choose to take it as learning, both the joys, continue to do that, move in that right direction, or the crunchiness, reflect, learn, apply something different. Both are amazing. So we always hope that there's a little bit of joy and there's a little bit of crunchiness in our conversations so that it makes you reflect and grow and learn. And our ultimate goal is to help lift all of us to a better uh, state of uh, mind and a better leadership. This is one of those areas where experience and a good development really as a manager really um, I think assists with the execution of mm -hmm. these things right mm -hmm. I agree shout out mm -hmm. I don't believe I've said this place before I was playing with the stats a little bit around 4.30 this afternoon Austin Texas I don't think so well there you go Austin, Texas. Welcome uh, to the party. Austin, Texas. I, uh, that's a great town. I've never been there, but uh, lots of great things happening there. I think uh, Brenny Brown is from there and a couple other folks. So, yeah. I, I've heard a bunch of people talk about it. That it's in uh, kind of the place to be. It's an innovation place. There's a lot going on socially, economically, uh, culturally. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to be one of those places in Texas that, mm -hmm. uh, well, in North America, where things are happening. Yeah. Well, welcome, Austin. Uh, glad you could join us. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. People matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.